all the way from Lexington joining us here tonight. Thank you so much, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Live in Lexington, everybody. My name is Katherine Kaufman, and I'm a psychic medium here in Lexington, Kentucky. Welcome to my Every Monday Night Show. This is where we discuss what and who we are in this journey called life. Hey to all you guys joining over here on Instagram. Uh, Mark, Para, Nola, good to see you. And my Monday Night buddy, Miss Joy Hall. And John John, good to see you on Instagram tonight. Let's go open the chat over here for some welcomes as people join. Hey to my beautiful neighbor, Miss Amber Benteen. Good to see you tonight. Uh, shout out to all the people on the podcast that are listening. Let's find out where is this show going out tonight. So we have three pages of Facebook that this is going out to hopefully this evening. And that would be my personal page, Catherine Kaufman, my professional page, Catherine Kaufman Psychic Medium, and the my group, Psychic Academy. Thank you, Amber. <laughs> I'm trying a new lipstick here <laughs> tonight. Uh, so all three pages uh, should be streaming. Let me know if you guys are on any of the other pages. It's streaming to YouTube, Twitch, DLive. Periscope, which is Twitter, and Daily Motion, uh, the podcasts that uh, are streaming this tonight are Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Hey to all you guys out there! Big shout out to Christy Osborne Glass and Deborah Hoskins, and a big shout out to. Melissa Begley and her little sidekick, Miss Cleo, my two favorite girls. Um, so, how can you help the show? Simply share, like, subscribe, wherever you're at. Um, if you see on the podcast a little support button, send me some coffee money. <laughs> okay, bad echo. Uh, let's see. Let me turn the speaker down a little bit. And see if that helps, Melissa. Um, does any, let's see. Okay, let's try something different. I am forever having um, problems with microphones, aren't we? Let's see. Let's try this. I don't know if it'll work or not. Now. Let me know if this sounds any better. And I'll go ahead and, and just say a bunch of stuff to, to see if we need to change anything else. Um, let me try maybe turning that down a little. Okay. Better. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Um, 
I want to talk about a couple things before we get started into the dreams tonight. And one of which is, if you weren't already aware, on my YouTube channel I have several videos about working with specific gemstones. Special shout out to Michelle Durbin. Thank you. Um, so if you want to know about maybe working with lavender quartz or working with mahogany obsidian, go to the playlist on the how-tos on my YouTube channel and uh, you can get in on those. There are going to be more coming out this fall. I'm going to be doing a lot of work on those. Another thing, thank you Joanna. Another thing that we're going to do is be getting rid of this. The backgrounds are going away. I'm go I've got a surprise for you coming. And the backgrounds are going to be really different. So, <laughs> I can't tell you what it's going to be. I want to surprise you. I want you to tune in and find out. But, um... Yeah, the backgrounds are going away, and something else is going to be taking its place. And you'll just have to tune in and see. Speaking of tuning in, next week, August the 30th, is going to be a special show on Perceptional Insight and what that's all about with Rob Abbott. So if you want to know about perceptional insight or you want to know what it is and how you can use it and what you can do with it tune in to listen to me and Rob talk about what that is and how important it is especially for people that do any type of readings or do any type of you know spiritual or energetic work Oh, let me see, Ina. Uh, let me check the that page. Now, you know, we've had trouble with that before. And I tried to prevent that from happening today. Um, because sometimes, yeah, it's not, it's not doing it. Oh, my gosh. I really freaking hate that. Um, let's see here, folks. Um... Yeah, it's not, I can't do anything after the stream starts. So, sorry about that. I will, I'm going to take up a lot of stuff with Restream afterwards because there's several things on here that don't work and it's really bumming me out because, you know, it costs quite a bit to pay for Restream to have this on here. So, I'm, I'm a little bummed that some of my stuff isn't working, but we may go back to another platform I used in the past. But let's go on to the dreams, you guys. But if you want to, um, yeah, I know, Ina, but the thing is that my, my personal page is where most people watch, and that is a problem. And if that page doesn't work, then, you know, whatever. Anyway, let's get to some dreams because last week, you know, we were knocked out by um, Metronet being down. <laughs> I'm telling you what. And the full moon's effects are still going on right now. And I've been getting a flood of, you know, messages and stuff from people that, 
not necessarily having paranormal things happen, but um, just, you know, a lot of emotional stuff, a lot of exacerbated energies that are around them, and just difficult time right now. So, anyway, um, I also am going to, let's see, let me leave that up there. Uh, okay, let's get into some dreams, because I know that's what you're here for. Okay, so this one is from a female, and she says, I was walking in the woods and came to a clearing. There were there was dozens of backpacks, pillowcases, and wood crates full of survival supplies. I'm wondering why they were all there, and then the bags all disappeared. Next, a group of people, all nationalities, were walking and running through the woods carrying these bags. They stopped and dropped their supplies and got on their knees. I'm there watching and wondering what's happening. Then at the end of the clearing, a portal opened with a bright light. A man dressed in a robe walked out of the light, face not clear, but I knew it was Jesus. He motioned his arm and huge white r wings appeared on him. All the people turned to spirits and then entered the portal. He looked at me and said, I'm welcome to enter. I said, thank you, but I need to help my family first. Then he and the portal disappeared. His voice, but she could still hear his voice, and his voice said, they are all hiding in plain sight. Then I got a vision of the old wrought iron fence with the arrow designs on it. He said, hone it, use it. Then I felt I have to find those iron fencing and turn them into weapons to fight the demons. Okay, this is a very, very interesting dream. So, the question about the survival backpacks and, and all of the um, stuff that's in it is spiritually questioning her, are you prepared? Are you ready? And so that's kind of the theme of this type of dream. And at the end of the clearing, we have a portal opening. So portals opening are opportunities. And so she has an opportunity to, to go with Jesus at this point. But she says, no, I'm not ready. I have to help. I would like to help my family first. And then the portal disappears. So that was an option that you know, her subconscious was saying, are you ready? And there's an opportunity to leave if you so choose to do that. Now, when Jesus's voice comes in and says they are hiding in plain sight, I feel like that that refers to angels because you know how they say angels are often disguised and often we don't recognize that um, we may be having an encounter with an angel. Um, and it's only like afterwards, after the encounter, that we kind of think back and go, you know, there wasn't something really right about that. And I don't think that that was exactly human. Another thing about the wrought iron fence is, and iron has been referred to throughout ages and ages as a force that repels. 
um, but also it holds on to energy. So I'm not sure exactly what the reference is to it here in this dream. Hone it, use it, other than it is a very strong force and it's, um, it's very grounding as well. And the arrows are directional. So um, because this is a dream basically about whether or not to stay or to leave, and if she stays, she's going to have to be very grounded and very strong like the iron in order to fight the evil that's in the environment. So um, this is such a good, a good dream to interpret. So that's kind of what that, what I gained out of this one. Let's see if we have any questions here. Hey to Angela Shields. Andrew Davies, and uh, let's see if we've got anybody else on here right now. See, our, our uh, viewership is down tonight because my personal page isn't working. Such a shame. <laughs> I agree, Amber. I should ask for a refund because this is the second week in a month that it has dropped the personal page. So... Mm, bummed, bummed. Okay, let's go on to the uh, second dream here. Okay, so this is a, a middle-aged female, and she says, In the beginning, I only remember a gray sweatshirt, and when I put it on, it was extremely tight around the wrists. What I usually like to do is to read the dream through and then go back and tell you where I'm interpreting it. So it's extremely tight around the wrist, very tight to where it was uncomfortable. And then the dream switches. Um, I got dressed, but as we were leaving, I felt the need uh, to change my shirt and possibly my shoes too. When I tried to go back into the house, the basement part, I couldn't. Nothing physically was stopping me, but I just couldn't reach for the doorknob. I stood frozen. It's like I felt someone was in there, like I could feel someone was robbing me. Then I saw in a dark blue shirt, I couldn't see the face, but I felt it was me, walk through the doorway. Then I saw who I thought was my husband carrying a large garbage bag, which I felt was closed, through the same doorway. When I got back in the car, I remember turning around and yelling at my youngest daughter to get out. It was loud and mean, but I didn't like. I didn't like it. it. Was meant for her, for me to be cruel to her, possibly to protect her. We couldn't leave the car because the other cars were blocking us in. Okay, then her dream switches to a baby that has an infection running down its face, and when I looked inside its ear, it had all kinds of infection in it. Okay, so then the dream switches again, and she's having trouble putting the pieces together. And so the dream then switches to, then I was with this girl, and she had a blood sugar tester, the ones where you prick your finger. Blood came out each time she stuck me. When I would say, ouch, she would stick herself and say, what's wrong? After three times... Of doing this, I got angry and told her if she didn't stop, I would knock her down the stairs. She then left. When she came back, we were all sitting at a picnic table. 
when she sat down, she raised a pair of scissors up and said she was going to cut herself. Immediately, I got up and backed away from her. Someone took the scissors, and then she grabbed another pair. But it was surgical scissors, and she said the same thing. Someone took those as well and then brought out a device that had a wheel on it. And when you rolled it, it would cut you. She raised her arm and started rolling under her arm next to her armpit. No one took it from her. There was a therapist sitting across from her, watching her intently and taking notes. When I looked at her paper, all I could see was letters written everywhere. And I asked them, you know, what letters were you um, seeing? And she said, mostly the letter C. Okay, this is a long one, and it switches several times. So we're going to have to um, go back and piecemeal this <laughs> together. Okay, so the first part of it was where she's dressing and the shirt is very tight and uncomfortable around the, the wrists. Okay, now it's a sweatshirt and sweatshirts are meant to be comfortable. And the fact that uh, it's very tight around the wrists and uncomfortable is odd because sweatshirts are supposed to be comfortable. So situation in her life that's supposed to be happy, that's supposed to be relaxed, is having adversity happen. And because it's on the wrist, this sort of like my hands are tied. I can only do too, so much with this. So, you know, it is a situational thing. So in her dream, she changes her shirt and possibly her shoes too, meaning however she's her hands are being tied in this, she's going to have to change her mind about things and shift her perception in order to deal with it, and that's changing of the clothes and changing of the shoes. Okay, so let's go on to this. So, um... She's frozen and she can't physically get into the house. And it feels like somebody is in there. Um, and it feels like someone is robbing me. Those are lost opportunities that have happened that the subconscious wants the conscious mind to deal with. Um, and so then it goes on to seeing someone in a dark blue shirt. And she feels like that is her. The, the color dark blue often portrays negativity or sadness or the blues, um, especially because this comes right before she is back in the car and yells at her youngest daughter, daughter to protect her. That is the throat chakra releasing all the negative and sad energy that has been held in here. And she's trying to protect her daughter from this, from, from the sadness, from the blues, from the negativity that's being held in here. Okay, so she couldn't leave in the car because other cars were blocking. Uh, so those are, those are literally blocks that have been placed in the way of her and her daughter's happiness. And it uh, represents like a standstill or frustrations that are going on. And so that's the subconscious trying to get the conscious mind to deal with some of this stuff. Now, um, 
the husband is, let's see, removing a large garbage bag uh, with what she feels like is clothes. So these are concepts that are being disposed of or gotten, gotten rid of. Um, maybe she is having at, or at odds with his concepts versus her concepts. And so, you know, him taking them out in a garbage bag, uh, it could be her concepts that are in the garbage bag and he is, um, kind of saying he's dismissing her concepts or it could be that her subconscious is telling her that he needs to get rid of these old concepts that um, have been hanging on. And so I think it might be the latter rather than the former. Then we switch to the baby having the infection that's running down its face. And when she looks inside of its ear, the infection is coming from there. That is negative things that have been uh, new negative things because it's a baby. There, that's new negative things that have been heard that um, are festering or setting up an infection. In other words, negative words that take root and cause further problems down the road because they fester. So, you know, and the fact that it is a baby means that these are new things that she's having to deal with. So let's go on to the girl with the blood sugar tester. Um, and the, the fact that the girl keeps pricking her finger and drawing blood, meaning that she feels like uh, her life force is being drained by different people, kind of drawing that energy from her. So after three times of doing this, she gets angry and she tells the girl to stop. And so this is like a cause and effect that's happening in the life. Uh, and then the girl starts to try to slash her wrists with scissors and then with a knife and then with this wheel to cut. So these are, um, these are outside pressures and threats. And the increased pressures and threats are the increase of the severity of the tool that this girl is using. Now, I feel like she psychically probably knows some things that are going to happen in the future um, with either a loved one or a friend, and this person needs a therapist. And her subconscious is kind of showing her that. But with each encounter, like it goes from scissors to a surgical uh, instrument, and then it goes to this wheel, and then there's a therapist. So we see the severity growing. Um, also, that there are karmic challenges that the person she's concerned for has. But the, what the subconscious is telling her is there's nothing that you can do to stop this that the person has to be the one to stop this themselves and they have to take control of the situation to do that. Now the fact that the letter C um, keeps showing up at the end um, 
and this is when she looks at the th the therapist's paper. There's lots of letter C's on there. The letter C is symbolic for receptiveness, openness, receiving. It also can be uh, indicative of childlike behavior um, and that kind of thing. So I feel like the letter C needs to reflect in this that the person's childlike behavior needs this therapist's work and the therapist needs to uh, foster the receptiveness and the openness of the person to receive help. So that's such a complicated switching type of dream. has a lot of concepts and sometimes the dream will switch and it still has the same basic concept because Maybe the subconscious is presenting something in the first part of the dream and it feels like maybe the conscious mind isn't accepting that. So it switches the dream and presents it in a different way in the hopes that the conscious mind will accept it in the other way that it's presenting itself. <laughs> man, oh man, it's uh, convoluted, isn't it? Crazy. All right, um, I'm going to bring up a couple of things on here. I need to, I'm going to pull up my email. There's one of the dreams that I couldn't, um, I couldn't print out. And I may have to do it for the month of September if I can't get it to pull up here. Uh, let's see. No, I can, I can get it to pull up. Let's see here. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, it's not working either. Nope, there it is. There it is. Okay. So the next stream I want to give you, and then we're going to go into to two, is, um, okay. So this is a, a middle-aged woman. And her husband has passed away. And let me check the stream really quick. Everybody seeing and hearing okay? Give me a shout out if you can see and hear okay. Uh, so her husband has passed away. Um, and then she has a dream about him where she's in the pilot seat of a plane. And her husband who passed away is the co-pilot. And... Um, it, the, it didn't look like him, but she just knew it was him. And so she was uh, flying the plane all around on the ground, and they were preparing for the flight. We made a stop, and I got out and entered a stairwell. I saw an old childhood friend, and she said to her brother, said her brother wanted to see me before I left, and it felt like we had been dating, perhaps. I was getting ready to leave because I didn't care if I saw him or not, and he came out of a door upstairs and walked down a stairwell and kissed me on the lips right in front of my deceased husband. I felt okay with it, though it was odd. And then we got back in the plane and we were driving around and both laughing by pointing at the tip of the plane. So what that basically means is some of the thoughts and concerns have sort of turned to 
um, you know, would her husband who's passed on be upset if she had a physical relationship for the future or if she had someone else for the future? And of course the answer is no. He laughs, she laughs, he knows that she loves him and, you know, their life paths will end up together in the plane. But as long as she's on the ground circling in the, in the plane, it's okay for her to have this uh, relationship if she feels like she needs it because, you know, he truly loves her and doesn't want her to spend the rest of her life alone and not having company. So that's that kind of uh, interpretation, and that's so very easy and simple. Okay, now, so the next two dreams are presented by the same person. This is a middle-aged female, um, and she says uh, she sees this scene where it's dark and warm, and she's looking at herself. So, uh, and it's a layer of cover and sheet like the layer of a biscuit, and almost like she could see uh, the socket of her hip, and she just knew that it was broken. Uh, she was alone in her dream and just seemed like, she realized it when she was laying there. No one, uh, there was no one else in her dream, no one to tell, and then she woke up. Okay, so let's go back and interpret that. So, observing is the key phrase here. She's observing herself, and they're all of the layers of the conscious mind and the subconscious, like a biscuit. So, she's uncovering. And she just knows that the hip is broken. Now, the hip, any kind of uh, the hip problem or the bottom of the spine or the spine, those are all structures that hold the body upright and provide the major base for your body and for going forward in the world. And so she's seeing that through these later layers and analyzing, she just knows that something about the base or the structure of the life is is wrong and is broken. Maybe not wrong, but needs fixing or maybe needs alteration. And the fact that she says she knows it's broken is sort of like x-ray almost. And that relates to self-examination or the need to recognize and analyze the base structure of the thoughts and the concepts and the and the base of the life. So uh, she's going through a phase where she needs to really analyze and kind of, is this correct thinking? Is this the way that it needs to be? Do I need to um, alter this in any way? Do I need to accept things I haven't been willing to work with? And so... Then we go to the second dream that she's sent in. And um, she is at her old house uh, with her loved one and her children. And uh, she says she also grew up there. And she says that uh, the kids and her loved one came to live there with her before they moved to where they are right now. And so she's in the house with her loved one and with the kids. And the couch is full of people crammed in, nowhere to sit. She didn't know any of these people. She becomes aggravated because no one is listening, nor do they care. 
she has an old sturdy coffee table in front of the couch, and she's trying to get around the coffee table to find her dog, which is very precious to her. And then she sees the bottom of this large, unobservant, non-empathetic man's shoe. And he's standing up talking, not paying attention to what's underfoot. And she notices the bottom of his dress shoe, and it's black. And it went in the air and down with force. And then she screams for everyone to move. And she was hunkering down elbows out to fight through the cluster of people's feet. Then she sees the little dog, and he's all twisted up because he'd been stepped on really bad. He's, you know, flopping, jerking, whimpering, and it's really, really breaking her heart. And, of course, her loved one has to wake her up uh, because she's crying in her dream. So there's a lot of things that are going on here. <laughs> Special shout-out to Deborah Hoskins. Uh, if you would, go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel and give the video a like. Okay, so the main thing is that she goes back to her childhood home, and she has her loved one there and the kids. And so everybody she cares about, including the dog, are there. And it's a stable environment, but there are other people that have invaded this. She gets aggravated. No one is listening, nor do they care. And so her subconscious is really fed up with society in general, not caring about other people, you know, not caring whether they step on people's feelings. The dog represents, you know, it's not only a loved one for her, but it also represents friends or best friend. Um... Because you know how they say man's best friend is, is the dog. And so she's seeing people get hurt. She may have been hurt in the past as well from people not paying attention, not caring what they say or do. And her subconscious has built this frustration and stuff up for a long time and it's not been allowed to be released. And so, in the dream, this horrible scenario comes up for the purpose of forcing her to release some of these emotions that she's held in for a period of time. Because, as you know, it's not good for your emotional self to hold things in for that and not be able to say anything, not, not allow yourself to cry about it, not really release some of those tensions and frustrations and stress. And so when your subconscious presents this in the dream, it makes it so horrible so that you do release some of those emotions, which she did. And that's why her loved one had to wake her up uh, crying because that was the goal of the dream is to force her to release some of that stuff. So this person would do well with some letting go meditations, uh, some maybe meditations on um, anger and frustration to release those. And um, so that's what I would suggest. And if that person is listening tonight, if you want to message me on 
uh, Facebook, and I'll be glad to send you some uh, links to some YouTube videos that will help you do that. Now we'll go with one last dream, and this is middle-aged female, and she says, why do I have dreams of my ex that passed? We were still very much together, and my brother who has passed. We're in a beautiful crystal clear water in a big boat or skiing down a mountain, but I've never seen the places or been to them. Sometimes it's the three of us, and most of the time it's just uh, my ex and I. So these are just um, locations for a visitation. You don't necessarily have to have been to that place before, but the crystal clear water Water is uh, indicative of emotions and the quality of the emotions. So the quality of the emotions between the people that are having the visitation is clear and beautiful. And it's represented in the visual image that you see in the visitation. And these are just visits from the people that you cared about and they care about you. And, you know, sometimes you have one visitor and sometimes you have two. But it's the quality you're visiting in a state of heaven, basically. These are visualizations that kind of represent a state of, of heaven, and that's the state of being that you're having your visitation in. All right. <laughs> I tell you guys, I'm dying because I'm smelling the food that David's cooking up there, and I really, I miss... And a bunch of other people, too, miss the episodes where we used to say, what's for dinner, David? And um, But when I moved my studio downstairs to the basement, we lost that opportunity. So I may just have to move it back upstairs. But I, I am redoing this um, behind me. And so hopefully next Monday when we do the show with Rob, um, I'll have everything situated, and we're going to have a really cool background. But remember, next week's show is Perceptional Insight. What does that mean? How can we use that, especially if you work with people? Again, I'm so glad each and every one of you tuned in to the Monday Night Show. Kisses from Kentucky. And I will see you next Monday night, hopefully with a different streaming platform, because I think we're done with this one. Bye, guys.